We're back with another episode of the Roll for Crit podcast. Here to talk to you all about board, card, and tabletop games of all varieties. Got a lot going on this week. My name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. How you doing, Jonathan? Oh, that's, <laughs> I didn't expect a... Uh, I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Fine as well. Good. Uh, I'm glad we're all fine. Mm-hmm. Everything is just fine. Uh, as I said, there is a lot to talk about this week, but... There is a thing that we have to do before the episode officially begins, and that is contend with our podcast mascot, Roland F. Criterion. I don't if maybe people haven't picked up on the, you know, the subtle nature of that, the joke behind that name. <laughs> I, if you haven't I have no idea, figure it. I'm just it's in there. That's just a little clue. See if you can do some digging and uh, and figure it out. But uh, can we get? I believe last time we left, it's been a, we we weren't around last week, so I'm a little bit disoriented. Roland had set uh, a guard on fire <laughs> accidentally, and then escaped into the midst of the city that he was entering. Uh, but he didn't do a great job covering up his tracks. Right? He 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 maybe left some. Uh, left some footprints some witnesses he was he was kind of getting away hastily roland of course is an asamar bard for anyone who is unaware and uh so this week we're gonna have to try to help him get through this predicament because of course he's he's running through a strange place he's trying to find shelter he's trying to make sure that nobody's on his trail and he comes across a, a little building and he's, you know, it's a it's a dense city. There's a lot of uh, close alleyways. It doesn't. It's not the most affluent uh, section of the city. There's there's some some street toughs hanging about. There's kids playing. There's people working. It, there, it's it's a hustling and bustling place. All all sorts of folk in this area, and he sees a little house with an open window, and that could potentially be a spot for him to dive into. But uh, through the window, he does see uh, with their back turned, someone is currently uh, on the other side of the room. Looks like they're, they're cooking up a snack of some kind. What, what do we think? What's Roland going to do? Should he, should he try to dive into this, uh, dive into this place? Should he overtake this person? Should he sneak in or, or try to appeal to them for help? Maybe. Hmm. or look uh, elsewhere altogether i mean my my initial uh opinion would be look elsewhere because he's he's already proven he's not the sneakiest and i don't think he wants more witnesses <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's really embracing the the life of a criminal <laughs> is what's is what's happening here it sounds like uh, at least until the heat turns down Okay. Okay. Well, well, what if the, what if he can, the heat is not down. The heat is up. That's what you get for using fire breath. Yeah. In fact, it's so, it's so up. The heat is so hot. Uh, there's, he actually is pretty sure someone is tailing him right now and they may be getting pretty close. So his options are, are slim at this. I point. think what he's going to do first, he's going to do another, he's going to do a perception check. Cause I mean, He's good at looking around. Maybe not even just for the intruder, so to speak. But maybe for... Ooh, I think wait. he's the intruder in this not scenario. Intruder. Yeah, sorry. Wow, <laughs> my brain. Actually, where is his location again? 
What do you mean? Like, like is he on in a street? Yeah, he's like in a street corner. How yeah. how popular are popular populated are these streets right now? There, you know, there's crowds. There's a there's a fair number of folks walking about. All right, what well, he's going to try and do, and this may be multiple roles. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to condense it. Uh, he's going to try to quickly turn a corner, and as he's turning the corner, take off his cloak and give it to someone else to wear. So it looks like... (laughs) Okay, all right. So he's going to try to, like, do a little quick disguise. Yes. Uh, So is he going to... Does he have to put his own uh, new outfit on, or he's just going to hope that they only know him by his cloak? He's going to hope they only know him by his cloak. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But he's not going to stop and stand still, you know. He's going to... He's got to find somebody, you know, with with roughly his his build. <laughs> what in the world? Now is he gonna t- 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 tell someone he wants to give them his cloak, or is he just gonna throw it on him? <laughs> uh, I think he's uh, unless there's someone I think of uh, in dire need. I think he has to be like, hey, you know what? You look like you look great in this cloak. Which I think he'd do a great job persuading someone about that. Oh, yeah, it sounds like he's making a persuasion roll to try to get him to take his free cloak up for grabs. Uh-huh. All right. All right. So that sounds like what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And of course, he's a bard. Persuasion is his strong suit. Uh, that roll actually did not count because it fell into my lap. <laughs> All right. Lap rolls do not count. No, they Everyone do not. Everyone knows this. Well, um, this seems. Decent. It's above average. It's an eleven, but with a plus six, that, mm-hmm. that seems not yeah. bad. Yeah. Come on, it's a free cloak. Yeah, I mean, he's had some bad roles lately, our friend Roland. But when it comes to any kind of charisma related check, the role has to be pretty bad for it not to go his way. <laughs> if it's like a ten or higher, he's probably in in good a good place. So yeah, he he. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good cloak, as you said. Who doesn't want to take a free cloak? It doesn't look like it's. Uh, ridden with lice or anything like that. There's a l- slight amount of maybe soot on the edges, but no one worries about it. <laughs> yeah, that's not a big deal. Slightly <laughs> slightly burnt, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, they're like, sure, I'll take this free cloak. You never know when I might need it. It's it's winter after all. It's, it's a little bit chilly out here. Uh, whatever, weirdo. And uh, then Roland uh, takes off around another corner and hopes that uh, whoever's tailing him will be stopped by this diversion. Will it work? Find out next week for more Roland adventures. But now let's talk about board games and the news thereof. So much to cover this week in the news roundup. News roundup. I don't, I, I was saying before to you, Will, I think that this week the bulk of our show might just be news. Uh, because we, I guess we did take last week off, so a lot of things piled up. Oh, and yeah. A lot of, like, interesting, weird, various topics. You know, not just your new game announcements. Like, all kinds of things happening in the board game industry. Different areas of it in different ways. Some things I'm confused about. <laughs> some things I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Frankly, <laughs> I am insulted that people did not wait yeah. during the break. Yeah. How could you all? If, just give it a rest. Give it a the rest. The world dare rotate <laughs> while we we're gone. We didn't say you could keep making things happen. Uh, our first couple of stories have to do with conventions. 
board game conventions, you know, kind of a big deal. They happen all around the world. And one of them usually happens in New York City around February, and that's the Toy Fair of New York. The official title is actually Toy Fair New York. That's it's not the New York Toy Fair. It's Toy Fair New York. I just want to get that straight. And this usually happens. It takes place in the Javits Center, which is also where New York Comic Con is. Pretty big location. And yes, they have all kinds of things. It is the Toy Fair. They cover uh, all sorts of toys, but they do have somewhat of an emphasis on board games and card games as well. I think usually more of the you know family-oriented or kid-focused board games, but they have a presence there. Well, I'll cut to the chase here. Long story short, too late. Uh, it's canceled. It is not happening. Uh, they have officially decided to cancel it based on the current status of people's health uh, with the pandemics, particularly with Omicron going around right now, which is pretty bad in New York City in particular. They are canceling it. It is at least I believe they're going to have um, a digital presence of some kind, which I'm pretty sure they did last year as well. They had a a digital presentation instead. So I'm assuming they'll have something like that. But no Toy Fair will happen in New York in person this year. Now, most other conventions that I'm aware of, at least in the board game sphere, haven't made any announcements like this. Uh, Gen Con's still talking about tickets going on sale. I think there's still PAXs coming up. D does this seem like something to you, Will, that's is this a one-off? This is because of a particular location that it's happening in, or is this a sign of more of this to come? It's definitely location related. I, I think that's very obvious, but the toy fair to my knowledge, while I'm like, it was a bit more uh, retail oriented, like more, more, more retails, right? More less for your average consumer like a Gen Con or something more for people in the business. Right. And right now it seems at least from what I can, uh, what, uh, a little, I know in the, like the toy market and stuff, like it is hard to keep shelves stocked already. Like it's very, you don't need to do a lot of um, convincing to stores. Like they're just trying to get anything on shelves. <laughs> so while a, something like a Gen Con, I feel like where there's a, uh, Getting your news out makes the difference and people talking about their game for the consumer. I feel in this case, they could do maybe more digital stuff. Mm. Send and, them over like a sell sheet or whatever. Right. Or a little online presentation because and in particular also, I mean, yes, especially for, I guess, uh, maybe checking out younger audience toys, you know, I feel like a board game, a lot of board gamers really want to play a little bit before they buy it, you know. Meanwhile, for toys, I think uh, be it little Timmy or me are more than happy to pick up their transformer regardless. <laughs> yeah, little Timmy, especially that guy loves them. And I, I know there are reviewers as well for transformers and talk about like the joints. I'm just using that as an example and stuff. It's I don't I just feel like there it's not nearly a must, I guess. So the. The risk of covid versus the reward you know, is not nearly as big. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's not like they're, it's not like, again, just going to Gen Con because it's the biggest example mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the city of Indianapolis almost relies on that revenue <laughs> to some extent. Whereas if, if this comes or goes, you know, it's not, the impact is not nearly as great as, as some other conventions. And as you said, 
New York is being hit particularly hard right now. So it's also a little trickier for them. Although, again, I don't think I guess it's further off, but I haven't heard anything about Comic-Con changing this year. Um, but, you know, that's like you said, it's a it's that's a consumer event. It's for the general public. So there's different things at stake in different ways, kind of in, in a sad, kind of depressing, cynical way. It's, well, we weren't going to make money off this from ticket sales or selling merch. So <laughs> we don't have as much to lose, which is, I feel like, certainly not not a factor for some of these other. But do you think that this is, I mean, how optimistic or pessimistic, depending on how you look at it, I'm not sure both kind of are either. <laughs> like, do you think, you, you do think that this is going to stop here, that, that at least, or maybe even my kind of perspective is whether or not Omicron continues to spread or develop into new Ignoring variants. COVID, yes. And get worse. Well, or acknowledging COVID. Oh, acknowledging, sorry. Like, I I think that most conventions are going forward from this point on, whether it's bad or not. <laughs> That's sort of my gut uh, prediction. Do you, you think that there, we're going to get another cancellation this year? Is that what you're No, I'm to? saying I think we're not going to get cancellations even if we should get them. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, whether or not we will, we should, that I'm like ah, 50-50 on whether it's, this is going to get worse or blow over. But I think either way, we're these things are happening. <laughs> I haven't looked at the recent numbers involving that. I thought I heard about something peaking, but I at this point in time, if I hear something, I need to like something about that. I'm like, I need to hear from three different sources first because I know some people are trying to make it worse. Some people are trying to make it look better. So I'm gonna be like, I need to double check my facts when it comes to this stuff. Um, but what I know in general, I do feel you're right because the problem is one. Uh, a lot of people who do get it in terms of those who are vaccinated and boosted is it's, it's much more mild mm -hmm. Two, a lot of people are already sick of being <laughs> cooped up. Yeah. And when they hear it's much more mild, they're like, I'll take my chances. Yeah. And, and three, you know, I just, I've already seen from previous experiences right now, events that last time happened, even though hospitals are filling up, which I actually heard a really interesting, it's because people aren't going to the hospital with COVID. They're going to the hospital with like a broken leg and they test for COVID more now. And they're like, Oh, you have it. Mm -hmm. Like that's why a lot of it's, it's, it's sort of funny. It's accidental fill up now. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, my, yeah, go ahead. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing things that would have, that have already, that were canceled previously. Or, you know, we saw like much more precautions, not with this, this current variant. So I, th I think your prediction is probably more or less spot on. Yeah, I, I, I don't even just to, you know, I don't think anyone needs to be reminded of this, but uh, we are not doctors or scientists. But my, oh, yes. <laughs> my, uh, my, my feeling is that I, I'm, I'm worried. And I, I think what most people are worried about is not necessarily Omicron, but the basically whatever the next variant is going to be that, you know, the more contagious something is, the more it has the chance to develop, the more that the next thing could be the worst thing that maybe the vaccine no longer protects against or whatever it is. We don't need to get into it because this isn't that podcast, but uh, I'm, I do think it, 
it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But in terms of these kinds of events, like I said, I think they're probably, at least for this year, going to keep going the way they're going. But we'll we, see. We, we don't, we're not very good at, re, at reacting until something significant happens. <laughs> yeah. In a, in 100 years, if, we're, if, if humanity still exists, the history books will know <laughs> what the right move was. Right now, it's, it's tougher to figure that out. Anyway, so that is uh, not happening next month. If anyone was planning on checking it out, don't go anymore. And another bit of uh, convention-focused news uh, also took place. This one concerning Spiel, which takes place in Essen, and that's got to be the biggest international board game convention. That's where they usually drop a ton of really huge new announcements, new releases, People come from all over the world to check them out in Essen in Germany. And the uh, the fair itself, the Spiel Fair, has now been purchased by Spielwarenmesse EG. <laughs> I think that's a G? I'm not sure. Spielwarenmesse is how I'm going to say it, which is essentially they're a company that does this. That's what they do. They manage fairs, and in particular, different types of toy or gaming related fairs and they are now taking over the running of spiel but actually they are keeping uh most if not all of the original team intact according to their uh, statement about it it was important to them to you know keep things consistent and to have that not feel like oh this is going to be a totally new different kind of fair they want to have a through line from the last year's convention to the next so it seems like they're not going to have anything change too much on, under their umbrella, but they are now managing it and in some some regard, I guess, marketing and profiting off of it, I assume. Uh, this is not, you know, this is not a company that I, I don't think either of us, I know I wasn't like familiar with it, so I don't know how much, I don't really have that much to say about what this might mean for Spiel because it sounds like, it sounds like the answer is that it just won't mean that much, but did you have any other takeaway on this i mean it's interesting we usually hear about like a publisher being bought out or something usually don't hear about a whole convention being bought out that was going to be my thought process like i never thought of a convention being for sale right uh, it's just <laughs> but it is like you know gen there's a gen con organization theoretically theoretically asmo day could be like yeah we want to run gen con now <laughs> and they could kind of purchase the rights to it i guess i don't know how you how that's illegally it's strange because it's not like you know a convention is not a thing mm -hmm. <laughs> but i guess it's the entity well, that runs it yeah it's more like well because it's an event it's sort of weird it's not like you hear like though i'm sure people would argue this is true like uh recently coca-cola has officially bought christmas right after hershey's <laughs> has officially bought easter you're i mean the things you're saying are jokes and also i'm pretty sure they're gonna happen <laughs> I, I i know that's why i sort of i i i thought about it for some like you know i know exactly which companies i should say for each holiday satire doesn't exist anymore it's just real life who buys hanukkah um uh nobody probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah not as not as big not as big in the commercial markets uh but maybe they could turn it around i don't know so yeah spiel uh essen is still scheduled right now to take place in october of this year so they have not said anything about uh, any kind of changes to that plan i assume they're going to keep going with the same vaccination requirements that they did last year i don't see why they wouldn't but 
we will we'll see how that one comes out as well. So there's your uh, little convention briefings for the week. But we're not quite out of the uh, business side of things yet. Now we're going to move over to talk about another giant conglomerate, Hasbro, who of course also uh, has Wizards of the Coast underneath their umbrella, uh, who produces games like Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. You may have heard of them. Hasbro is getting a brand new CEO, Chris Cox, who formerly was the president of Wizards of the Coast, is now going to be the CEO of Hasbro at large, managing all of their content, games, toys, and whatever whatever other merchandise, cartoons, and films, video games may now come out of that. And uh, the previous CEO of Hasbro is going to be moving up. He's going to become the new president of the company. So slightly above him still. And they have not announced yet who the new president of Wizards of the Coast is going to be. But I assume we'll hear about that soon. I'm I'm curious. Maybe it'll be somebody else from within the company or maybe they're bringing in entirely new blood. I don't know. But obviously Magic has been pretty successful, as has D&D over the past few years, even in the pandemic, didn't it even, wasn't it one of the things that really kind of even skyrocketed during the pandemic? Uh, I believe it sold very well. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it didn't do better than ever, but it was, it, it didn't hurt seemingly. So is this, I don't know. Is that, is that good? Do you think Hasbro, is there anything from wizards of the coast uh, and the way that they manage their games in particular that you think Hasbro might learn or adopt going forward for hmm. its other? titles um i know a lot of people usually blame hasbro when they talk about things that they don't the recent trends in magic that they don't like but Ooh. i remember seeing when this announcement was made <laughs> at least a lot of magic players were like oh no he has even more power so he's mm. doesn't seem to be loved that much in the magic community. So if, if he is, <laughs> I don't know how much, how well that's going to train has for Hasbro. I imagine, I, I mean, it'll be curious to see, especially with um, all the things going on. Cause the last guy was the one who really focused on like bringing the media, like transformers movies and things like that. And I wonder if with him, if we're going to see a strong, if wizards will play a stronger role within the Hasbro world, or vice versa. Are we going to see a lot more Transformers Magic card now or something like that? Like yeah, it's he's going to really try to do that cross-branding. And of course, we'll have to see where they land on. I know they've made some, but if they're going to continue and grow on the NFT side of things. Yeah, I think that's that's inevitable at this point with everybody. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all it feels like there's two possible outcomes is that either because he has, you know, more power now that it will affect wizard stuff even more or because he's going to be focusing on other things maybe whoever is coming in will will actually have the freedom to change things up and maybe do things a little differently yes but we how we can't know that until they do it <laughs> we can't but just from what i know from the recent of how Ma how magic has been i feel like magic has been much more uh profit oriented as of late so i would not expect more experimentation or at least not experimentation to the like we're doing this even though it won't make us money kind of experimenting mm, yeah yeah um now th th there's another kind of interesting part of this which is that chris cox formerly worked for microsoft so uh 
it's possible that you know the speculation is maybe he'll have more input and more to say about video game adaptations of hasbro games do we know like what he might have been responsible for or at uh, well at microsoft he was vice president of technical sales so he did deal with their um he did handle some he did work with the xbox group for a little while um it looks like he had a few different kind of marketing uh roles in different areas of the company but he did do a little bit with the xbox part so yeah that's uh that's what I'm uh, seeing. So the connect <laughs> or <laughs> uh, I'm this trying was, to think good or this, bad things with the Xbox. This was in what? This was a few years. This was this was post connect. This was maybe five years ago or so. Mm. So maybe you. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't keep I can't yeah. tell you what the Xbox uh, phases are. <laughs> I don't keep up. But yeah, so I don't know. That's that's maybe another thing for Hasbro itself that we'll see happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, when you're dealing with people in positions that are this high up i also feel like they're so i don't know they're they're so like big picture i don't think it's gonna i don't know how much of an impact it has on stuff like mechanics or you know like like the types of rule changes and things we've been talking about in dungeons and dragons recently that's probably much more at the a lower level i would guess i mean this is probably more like larger directions marketing like things which products we focus on and push maybe maybe branching out into other mediums and things like that but yeah what what i imagine is more likely to happen at least from his position is going to be focused on um i mean just from what we've seen almost every other company profitability where where things are good where things are bad if you're in a niche thing with hasbro you should start sweating (laughs) uh if you have something that is popular and doing well it's probably gonna you're probably gonna see more of it which will make you very happy i'm curious to see since he did come from magic if he will say like and seeing like um rpgs and stuff maybe that we will see wizard be given more projects like not magic or DD related like we want you to now publish because they have um how was it avalon hill Technically, is Wizards now too, right? Or is it Hasbro? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> they they switched but it one way or the other. <laughs> I'm wondering if we'll see that company start producing more games, like because they're seeing the growth in the board game area. Be like, all right, I want to now see three new games from you. You know, whether it's a new game or you know, we have some very big copyright properties for you to use. Yeah, it would be interesting. It definitely seems like Wizards is just the D&D and Magic company. And every every once in a while, they let some team develop something that dies after a year. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I, are they, yeah, I wonder if they're just happy, they're content keeping that going, or would they want they, to they, make more? I feel they're very much... D&D, I will say, has been expanding a bit more. Like we do see some board games every now and then. I think in particular because of things like Critical Role. I mean, TV shows and things like that, that um, they're more willing to do stuff with. Magic, unfortunately, every time I see them tried, they have failed. <laughs> and partially because I think it's just they don't give it the the time it needs, like when they try to do the board games and such. Um, I mean, that Netflix show has been pretty much on hiatus. <laughs> I was going to say, well, if a Netflix show comes out, I, that could be the turning point. That might that, be. I hope it is. I mean, 
That's I, I always said like they should do the um, cooperative LCG or ECG for that focuses more on story because the card game does have some story and I love it, but you know it, it's very hard to get the story by your own from opening just opening a pack of cards. You may see like a famous character or a death scene or something, but it's something that focuses more on the lore and world, which they have a ton of, I think would be very advantageous for them. And as far as I know, has not been, uh, I guess the word here would be exploited yeah. as much. I guess they don't want to, you know, why split their market if they want you to buy their packs? Yeah, that is also. But yeah. Like, why do anything when they're already making money? <laughs> why do problem. anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's usually when someone new comes in, that's that's the time when they say this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Let's do something new. So if, if it's ever going to happen, it might be now. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. But we'll see. We'll see what kind of effect this has on Wizards of the Coast, if any. Let's talk about Kickstarter a little bit. I know it's not we're not at the Kickstarter Pickstarter segment yet. But <laughs> bear with me. Allow me to talk about Kickstarter. Normally in February, uh, there is a little thing on Kickstarter called a zine quest, which has been going on for, uh, what, three or four years now, maybe? Uh, yeah, it looks like the upcoming one is zine, zine Quest 4. And this is when a bunch of smaller indie RPG designers put up projects for RPG zines. In other words, small books are usually like just five bucks or so. You could get it digitally or a little printed booklet. And it could be a solo RPG or just a small one-shot RPG rule set or maybe even a supplement for something else. But uh, every, they do a bunch of these and it's, it looks like it's been pretty successful the past few years. They've kept doing it. So it's a way for smaller creators to get their unique, cheap, cute little ideas out into the world. And Kickstarter has announced that they are this year moving Zine Quest, which I didn't even know like Kickstarter decided when it was, but I guess it was an official Kickstarter thing. Uh, it is going to take place in August instead. And they specifically mentioned, it seems like part of the reason for this is so that it will coincide with Gen Con also taking place in August. Uh, they said official dates to come, but that's the time if you want to do a zine, do it in August. Um, so the, you know, of course, the issue is that they announced this just at the beginning of the month. So a lot of these bad creators. You, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, Kickstarter is a very, the timing of Kickstarter is very important. So for anyone who was planning a project in that month and now it seems like they can't do it, that's an issue. A lot of people also raised the concern that now they're going to be competing for attention with any projects that are being launched in Gen Con, which uh, sometimes developers will like take a break during Gen Con, but a lot of times they also will put something on there so they can promote it at the show specifically. So it's, it's, it's a weird thing. I'm kind of confused about who actually decided this and why. <laughs> what, what do you, what do you think about this? I mean, I, I feel this, the it's one of those things like I guess maybe goes with the spiel thing. The original scene quest was like, hey, you know what? Not too much happens in February. This is a great time for people to be like, here's all our great zines. Uh, it's our little cute idea, and they're also not too expensive. So you know, this is coming after the new year where you know budgets are usually a little bit tighter because of all uh, holiday shopping. Mm -hmm. And it's you're not just freaking out because the new year just started. 
so it felt it feels like i mean i mean this is what happens uh corporate we're doing all this fun stuff with corporations today um <laughs> like it was not they saw this and they're like oh we'll help you make the zine quest a month in which is like oh that's very nice i don't think people signed on to to be kickstarter to be like yeah we'll get to move it to one we want and i sort of agree during it having it during gen con is not not a good like either maybe the month after or the month before yeah i don't i'm just trying to understand for if you're a kickstarter what benefit do you foresee from this are you trying are you thinking well this will give them more exposure and we want to help these creators are you thinking i, I wonder if because they the, want to make money from it too like they're successful when they're successful right i wonder if it's because they're like we want february to be something else now so we're gonna move you and then later announce yeah that's that is the only thing i can think of it's either that or just they genuinely just think they had somebody had some idea that oh if we promote it at gen con all the gamers will see it and it'll take off even more which maybe is true i i don't i don't know like i would i would think what you said is that it would things would probably suffer but i i could see an argument that maybe things yes. would be better neither of us are have ever run it hasn't a been tested. yes yeah um but just from my own general it's the same reason why you don't run kickstarters during like december usually you know so our kickstarter picks have been usually uh lighter mm-hmm. around that month yeah, um, people are spending their money at Gen Con right. that month. Even though these are smaller and cheaper, a lot of people are, this is when they're going to be like, spend a lot of their money and they'll stop then. Then maybe like the month later, they might be like, oh, I spent money. Yeah, I can throw $5 right now. It's a lot easier to do that after some time has passed. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of... Not right before, you, right? Not literally the minutes after you made your giant, you know, miniatures purchase. Yeah walking home with the frost haven box or whatever uh i see a few people replying to this on it's creators on twitter saying things like oh maybe we'll just do our own thing somewhere else not on kickstarter or maybe we'll just ignore this and just put them up anyway <laughs> i i don't know I, i'm really wondering in february if this will change or what happens but it, i mean i think the zine quest community is small enough that I would be surprised if they can make a big enough fuss to really for anyone at Kickstarter to care about this one way or the other. But again, why wouldn't they just want to do what the creators want? Like it it all is strange to me. (laughs) It's really, I don't, I really want to know their motivation because they didn't give it. They said to coincide with Gen Con, but I'd love to actually find out, well, why do you think that's good? Which they haven't really said. Um, I mean, just like how it was confusing back when they said they're doing all the crypto stuff. Right. <laughs> I think they just don't want to, um, you know, it's better to keep things hidden from us. There's, As we've learned over and over again, transparency is the worst option. <laughs> Always better to obfuscate and hide your intentions if you're a big corporation. Now, uh, off of Kickstarter, we'll come back to more Kickstarter stuff, as promised, in that segment later on. Next, we got to talk about Tabletop Simulator, which is probably the most popular way to play board games online still i know there's competitors now but i think tabletop simulator is still pretty much synonymous with virtual board games these days at least on steam 
and uh, they have, you know, a million different portals to play different board games on your computer without actual pieces, some of them official, some third parties, uh, all kinds of things. People, you know, publishers, designers use it to test their games a lot these days. It's a, it's a big deal. We've, we've played a bunch of things on it. And recently there was some controversy associated with it when uh, a game designer named Zoe Alred was kicked out of their public chat room. So for anyone who doesn't know, I believe this is where this occurred. Maybe it was an individual games, but on the home screen of Tabletop Simulator, there's a chat box that anybody can type in. Uh, and they were kicked out for mentioning that they were gay. And nothing, multiple times, there's a whole... Uh, we'll put a link to it. They have a whole spreadsheet with screenshots documenting these conversations and everything uh, and the context that they were posted in. And uh, it seems like it was always like part of the conversation for whatever reason. Um, but it seems like there maybe was some kind of a flag built in to Tabletop Simulator that if you just type the word gay, you would be marked or maybe even moderated uh, right away by whoever was paying attention. And uh, Zoe took this to their Discord and email and tried to, you know, took them a while to get a response to try to figure this out. And they told them like, oh, this is just part of our policy that uh, we just don't want these kinds of discussions for whatever reason. Ultimately, they came out with a full statement about it, apologizing for this, saying that they mishandled uh, the events and that they quote, do not condone equating sexual orientation or gender identity with fetishes, politics, or anti-family friendly sentiment, end quote, which is kind of what they had implied with the responses earlier. And as a result, they have completely removed the global chat. So right now there is no big chat room in Tabletop Simulator. That is not an option. Um, and we're not going to be able to uh, post in that chat until such time as they, I guess, come up with a new form of moderation, a new set of guidelines that they feel that they can enforce fairly and consistently. So this was, I mean, this was a weird, a really weird story to, to come across uh, seeing everybody tweeting about it when it was occurring that this, this company, which I mean, and I've, I've said this before about tabletop simulator in general, that if you've ever used it, I feel like that is a program designed by board game nerds, people who are really good at computers and technology and not necessarily people who are good at like the other sides of things. I think that comes across in the UI and some of the controls for that experience and like the, the art design and the aesthetic of it are just, in my opinion, kind of ugly and it's not the most friendly or enjoyable program to use in many ways. And I think this kind of feeds into that, that it seems like they just don't have this, you know, the PR side of things that should be handling this. I, I don't know who that is. I actually have no, I don't know how big a team tabletop simulator is, but this story certainly reads to me like they don't know how to handle that. They don't know what's going on over there. What was your take on this weirdness? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised it took this long for there to be an issue with the global chat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you usually sign in and I, I mean, I usually don't look at it, but I feel like there's been a handful of times where it just seems like there's bad things happening in there. The, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember ever going there and be like, I'm going to I'm going to talk in here. 
Yeah, it's not. It doesn't seem like a real fun, welcoming environment. Uh, uh, but I agree with like a lot with what you said. It is. It's great for simulation and playing all this stuff, but it does feel it was designed without the uh, with a uh, like because it was the first, you know. And unfortunately, now uh, we're seeing some of the things, some of the crack show. And I remember there are also pictures of some of the posts in the Discord afterwards when the person was involved that are just like, oof. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's it's the kind of thing you and honestly, it's the kind of thing that in the today's day and age. You one of the first things you got to think about is like, what's going to happen when we open the floodgates to anonymity for people? Like, I think you just have to expect the worst to happen in a chat. And how do you control that? Yeah. That is the unfortunate reality. Of- like not even directly relating to this scenario, just in general. Yeah. And the fact that this seems to be at its best, at least, uh, not handled well. And at its worst, uh, more troubling signs for people, for people who are not, uh, you know, the, the generic kind of uh, uh, population. Two tabletop simulators credit. Uh, I will say they actually have a couple of statements they put out in the wake of this that I think are pretty good statements. They actually made a $10,000 donation to a transgender equality organization. Uh, And they said that they are reforming their moderation policies. They also, it sounds like the global chat might be gone forever. Sounds like that might not be coming back at all, which I guess is fine. Because what did you, at this point we have Discord, we have Reddit, we don't really need that to like organize games, you know. I don't think. Well, I mean, we've already seen with other games places now that there's a way to be like, if you were really looking for a game, you know, search uh, Monopoly or something, and it might show like three right. Monopoly tables open. Right, right, yeah. You they know, have. There, like- there are ways that you don't need that allow us to say whatever we want. Right. They have game lobbies and such. Uh, they're also running a series of articles on LGBTQ uh, game designers as well that people can like submit themselves to if they want to be featured. So, uh, you know, they said that these are their first steps. It's, it's, it's something uh, going on. And I don't think that to me, just speaking for me and, you know, I'm not. Who am I? Don't listen to me. But uh, the- you heard it here, folks. Both are great. <laughs> don't, don't listen, listen to, to me. <laughs> um, I don't. I feel like the actions were more. If they were malicious, they were malicious at a level of like maybe there were some moderators that unfortunately they had allowed in the community. They they don't say anything about taking action against any of them. But uh, I feel the, it was like just gray area enough to me that I don't feel like oh, I don't trust them or I don't think that what they're, I don't think they have the best intentions in mind, at least for it's now. It's not some of the worst things we've reported on. Yeah, like uh, like it's 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 more confusing and strange to me than it feels like out, outright hateful. Uh, but it's, I don't know. It's definitely interesting. In particular, this reminds me because there's another hubbub actually in the Digimon card game community involving some moderators as well that I won't get into because not worth it, but just... What like usually moderators? I guess are they vo- sometimes they're volunteers, sometimes they're paid, 
Like, I wonder how much more, what was it, background check, checking we'll need to do in the future for this. You know, you can't just find someone who's like a a passionate gamer. Because, I mean, as we've ported plenty of times over, you know, there are um, some not so great people in any hobby. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how this, uh, how this in general, like not even just for the tabletop simulator. But in the future for like official discords for companies, their own sites, even like maybe not their own site. Like let's take a a, a subreddit page. Like let's say maybe you don't run it. Do you now need to be like, if there is the Magic the Gathering subreddit, are you going to have to be like, okay, we need to know who's moderating that because it's not officially magic, Mm -hmm. but maybe we need to be more worried about that. Like do should companies then and do we want companies then being like, guess what? We are now in charge of the subreddit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. You got to vet your people, but depending on the size of the community, you know, you want to also have people that are in that community not like you said, not just corporate or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to navigate. It is it is a tough thing. I just thought because of an earlier story now, depending on, like, if a corporation took over, like, hi, we know you're all fans of the subreddit, but we're moving off of Reddit onto Microsoft's new, like, uh, forum bot or something. Like, it's just, you're like, wait, sorry, what now? You can just... Yeah, team speak. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the internet has all kinds of communication problems these days, doesn't it? So there is that story. Uh, Do what you got to do in regards to tabletop simulator going forward. But it sounds like they're at least making an attempt to, to remedy the situation. Now, believe it or not, there's one final thing that we got to talk about this week. But Uh, wait, there's more. There's more, which is uh, less politically charged but no less confusing to me <laughs> I, I tell you what if you just read the title you might have thought you might have that's true games. it involves the game pandemic just the game uh, as far as we know and this of course published by z-man games uh, designed by matt leacock the most famous popular co-op game of all time i would argue and of course there's a digital version of pandemic which has been around for many years on various devices it's on steam it's on mobile apps all over the place we've played it before i think probably maybe we reviewed a version of it at some point i don't know i don't it's, remember but maybe it's I, I i bet it happened i bet it happened i'm going to ch- i'm going to check my steam library now but continue uh any at any rate you, check your steam library now while you still can because it has been announced that the pandemic app is being removed from various storefronts uh it is no longer available on steam right now and according to asmoday by the end of january this month it will no longer be available uh on any other version as well including nintendo switch uh, or the microsoft store version of the game i think it's also gone already from uh the google store and the ios app store And the official reasoning for why Pandemic is being removed, uh, I'll read, this is a quote from a customer service email that someone on Reddit received. Uh, Quote, we have worked hard over four years on Pandemic and withdrawing it from the stores has not been an easy choice. This decision was made with a heavy heart for a multitude of reasons that we cannot disclose. So (laughs) 
Uh, I'll I'll throw it to you first. Will any guesses? Any idea? Why might they remove the digital version of Pandemic from all storefronts and not tell anyone why? Copyright. Okay, elaborate, please. Uh, well, Asmodee was just sold, and they may want to end this version of Pandemic and remove it from all stores in order to release their own version that they approve this, whichever this company approves of, which would be my guess as someone who is extremely pessimistic involving digital downloads, a free to play game. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so you, so you think that they're, they're going to relaunch a new version of pandemic, same, you're thinking same aesthetic, same rule set, same game, but how, how do you make pandemic a free to play game? I do not know. That's the <laughs> pessimistic side of me. They'll find a way, but uh, the more positive would be that it's just going to be on Board Game Arena. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure it is on Board Game Arena. So and maybe it's the bring people there, which is still paying. But like Board Game Arena, at least says I think of uh, is at least a nice deal if you like board games. But then the next question becomes: Why Pandemic, and why not multiple other Asmodee published games that are also on Board Game Arena and also have digital versions? Splendor is still available. Uh, my guess is the legality and the contracts with the companies that made them. I don't know if they were all made by the same video game company and they could be like, no, we're you signed that we're allowed to have this for, you know, till 2030 or something. Yeah, I guess it would ha- it'd have to be some pretty weird contract or- <laughs> that does that. Well, uh, I know, like, for example, with Warhammer and stuff that they made. Like they just gave the Warhammer license out to a bunch of different companies. So if it's not made by the same company, each of these games, you know, they have different rulings. Uh, The other idea is maybe they didn't want to pull all of them at once and hopefully they weren't going to be spotted. Hmm. They just thought nobody would notice. (laughs) Like one at a time, just slowly take them off. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you also have to, I mean, this is, I have, I have arguments against you, but I, the reason I asked you, uh, look, uh, yeah, look, this is, this is tinfoil hat. Yeah. I, I have, I no, have, I, I have, have no official evidence. <laughs> I don't have a counter reason is the thing like the, this whole, to me, this whole thing is so strange because ever, anything I can think of as to why they might do this, there's another reason as to why that doesn't make sense. So I just, I just really can't figure it out. I mean, I saw some people maybe thinking that, oh, is it because pandemic is, you know, they don't want to deal with the hot button issue. But uh, considering that they're still pushing hard right. the World of Warcraft pandemic. Right. That has two bad fronts. Every other version I, I, of pandemic that they're still <laughs> printing. Right. It means that doesn't make sense. But like that, you know, I could see that being a reason if not for that. that it's it's just, it's very bizarre. Uh, the problem, one of the annoying problems is like reasons I could think of at least to me that I would consider like non-negative reasons. There's no reason for you that it's so annoying. These companies do these things of like, we can't tell you why. <laughs> yeah. <it> why? <laughs> because even like it has to be negative. Then we know that because uh, right. let's say hypothetically it was this, let's just say this was the reason, which is some negative, but I think overall, at least, and maybe this is where I would consider it a positive, but you know, the internet, if they're like, look, the current uh, system we have, 
is unable to take in either expansions or other variants of Pandemic. And we want to do something like a collection where you can buy the original one. Then you can buy, you know, the, the Rome one and still all play it here. Because if they said that, sure, if you had a copy and you're losing and you have to buy it again, you might be sad. But you're like, oh, but this new one, I get to play all the other ones. I think overall you'd have a net positive people being very excited. But they're not saying that. Right. Yeah. If there was just some new or even like we're we're teaming with a new partner to do a brand new digital version that's got like 3D graphics and a campaign and all kinds of new bells and whistles. It wouldn't on it. be worse than this. Yeah. Yeah. The same people like I might be thinking, oh, I got to go download this now while I still can. And this stinks. I'm going to lose it. And of course, like this uh, once again, more evidence of why I really hate digital only things like why I like having the physical copy of something being music, a movie or whatever. It's because I know this could happen. Yeah. Yeah. It but is- that wouldn't have changed. Like if they made that announcement, like you said, where they're just partnering up with someone else to release a new version of it, it would be the same net at worst, the same, their net worst would probably be the same where they are now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it seems like for now, at least people are still, if you did own this game previously, you can still play it and download at least on steam. Uh, I don't can know you, on other devices. Uh, the way I read it was if you still had it downloaded, I see a couple people saying they were able to redownload it. Okay. Uh, in this, at least on Reddit. So, um, you know, so that's, I that may not last forever, but it looks did, like for th- now. I think the some of the other games, like I think Switch was it, um, and something else, you could still pick it up. Yeah, Switch is until the end of the month. It's still on sale, and I think the Microsoft version they said also. Yeah, that was the other one. I know. Some, so those are really if you don't own it yet, probably try to buy it there. Those two. Yeah. Oh, there you there you have it, uh, and. We'll see in a few months, I guess, if a new pandemic comes out or if they just say, yeah, board game arena. That's what we really want people to play on now. Seems Even then, that would have been like, look, we're taking it off. It's up on board game arena. But there's no reason. Both can coexist. Like they both are different things. I just... Oh, yeah. No, look, I'm not I'm not saying against that, but they're not <laughs> yeah. even saying that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that's a, the, the where was the exact wording again? I'm trying to find that. Uh for multiple reasons, we cannot disclose. They cannot disclose. I feel like that's when you see, like, it's, you know, like when court cases, like, we have settled and we cannot disclose who was guilty. You're just it's like, a secret. You were guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever the reason is, it's probably not great. We'll see if we ever find out. But if you want pandemic digitally, uh, get it on switch now i guess if you can or microsoft store whatever i i don't know or one of those or maybe you, you know what it is yeah. exclusivity on the epic store <laughs> listen i don't that could be it i don't i, I you know i'm not going to advocate for piracy but if they're not allowing anyone to buy it i'll just say i'm sure there are going to be people who have a install of it that will be floating around later on uh, which personally to me if they're not selling it i don't see anything morally wrong with that but you guys do you <laughs> do what your own conscience tells you if you, but, but I also feel like personally, if I want to play pandemic that badly, there's, there is board game arena that, that exists or, or, you know, the physical version. It's not, it would, it's not like a video game where when it's gone, it's gone in every form. And that's, it feels more devastating. 
So it is strange in that way. It's kind of a different thing. That is, believe it or not, all the news that we have for you. It's finally complete. We will now, as promised, move back over into the Kickstarter segment. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. This one. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. We're back in full swing. The year started off slow. It ended slow last year, but we're now back on Kickstarter with big projects coming out left and right. Will, I know there's I know there's things that both of us are interested in this week, but if you had to pick your own personal pick, what's it? Uh, and you do have to. Well, so. it is a movie, a horror movie, I believe. No, no, they... gaming related, gaming related. Oh, you're, uh, I don't you're know doing an, a Stephen game. King joke. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, uh, the first big one I thought uh, to talk about, because uh, I think a lot of people didn't buy how much it's made, uh, is Yucatan. This is from the same people, designer of Kemet, uh, which also connects, of course, to your, one of your favorite your, uh, Euro military style games. <laughs> Cyclades. Uh, Cyclades. From Matagot, which I always thought, I thought they were French. I've said it as Matago, but in this video, they say Matagot. I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> anyway. Look, look, the universes are colliding. Mm. Uh, the number of name changes you're going to see is going to significantly increase this year, and even the year date maybe. You may think it's 2022, but it's actually uh, 2033 right now. Wow. Uh, It's like the Matrix. Yes, exactly. Got it. Anyways, uh, this game takes place in the uh, the Yucatan in Mexican area. Uh, You are rivaling for the be the 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 tribe, I believe is the word they use uh, for the God's favor at the end to avoid their wrath. And unfortunately, to do so, you're going to have to give a lot of sacrifices. (laughs) <laughs> it's the same style of military game, though. Compared to both Cyclades and Comet, you know, there's much smaller board. It seems like they really didn't want to. This is meant to be a much quicker version of the other two, in a yeah. way, so to speak. Yeah, I was uh, taken aback in the video when they said it took an hour to play. I actually misheard that first when they said two to four players an hour to play. I'm like two to four hours. I'm like, okay, that that, that tracks in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just just one hour which is uh i think are commit it's probably it's like they're not very long games but certainly two hours yeah i mean i will have to see with this one but you you can definitely take your time with those especially i'm sure with more skilled players because they are much better at um stalling and fighting off the other people but anyways, this one, you fight each other. And what's interesting, it seems like the fights are less about winning and losing and more like, I want to fight you in this temple because I'm going to get this many resources regardless. And the winner gets this, and that may not be helpful for you. And what you choose to, quote unquote, sacrifice, because you may they're worth more points depending on which round it is. But if you sacrifice more than the last round, you increase on this, uh, this track, the skill track and stuff. And of course... Uh, if you've ever played Comet and Cyclades, there are minis in there of things you can summon to help help you, such as a vulture or a giant snake or an anteater, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. So we're big fans of the previous two in the series. So it seemed like a no-brainer for us to be interested in this one as well. Yeah, they're not saying it directly, but it does seem like this is kind of the third game in a trilogy. Um, may- Maybe slightly more removed like those two literally have an expansion where they can connect with each other <laughs> but i don't know if that works anymore mm. with the new oh with the new um, version yeah maybe not yeah probably not 
but this does look really cool. I mean, the round board, I think, is cool, as well as the... I also like the solo mode. Uh, what's the solo mode? The, the, it's an added... Like, they made a whole solo... Like, I don't I don't think the other ones have solo modes. Uh, certainly not out of the box that I can recall. Well, this is not out of the box, but still. Yeah, but it, it's also got, like, a pyramid. I mean... That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty cool set piece to have on your table. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, Yucatan. I mean, it's got it's got the the pedigree for sure. Definitely interested in it. And uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the Cthulhu expansion that they released that pisses everyone off and they change. Mm, oh yeah, that would be good. I'm seeing uh, about eighty dollars US, which sounds about right for for this level of game. Yeah, that's. I mean, with all the minis and stuff, yeah, that seems. Well, this does. The course. This does seem like one that will probably be at retail. I think that was one of the things that I remember looking through the comments saying, like a lot of people were actually happy with that. Um, I don't. At least I don't remember spotting anything like this will only be printed here or Kickstarter exclusive thing kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. They do have stretch goals, but it doesn't say. I don't see any much about exclusive stuff. So that is Yucatan here. I'll, I'll do a pick and then we can, mm -hmm. I know there's more that we can discuss, but uh, I think I got to bring this up because this really is beyond my own personal interest. I feel like it's one of the most successful board game projects I've seen in a while and probably the most successful. It's got to be the highest funded solo directed board game project that exists. Uh, and that's for Final Girl Series 2. So I won't belabor Final Girl because we've talked about it pretty recently on the show, but it's a solo game from Van Ryder Games that simulates various horror movies and you're trying to survive as the final girl and get items to help you fight off some kind of evil monster. And they have all these individual boxes with different uh, girls, maps, and villains to play against. And the new ones are continuing the theme of being based on various horror tropes and themes. So there's one that's pretty much alien. There's one that's the thing. You've got an Arctic location with an alien organism that mimics people. And there's one called the intruders, which is kind of your home invasion, people with masks and weapons type of scenario. And then there's a big bad wolf one that's copyright free, which is uh, Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> there's a big bad wolf, <laughs> but, you know, edgier and darker and such. And there's also one uh, called the Ratchet Lady at the Wolf Asylum, which looks to be kind of a Silent Hill sort of take uh, with a mental asylum with scary stuff happening there. And of course, each one has its own brand new items and cards and scenarios and powers and they're all mixable and matchable and the other thing that this uh, set has including in addition to new minis that you can get uh, that are all optional you, you don't have to get the minis if you don't want it has storage boxes so if you don't want to have all your individual boxes just lying around uh, they have one for series one and this new one series two where it's not what i thought it was going to be which was uh what they did with a hostage negotiator what you usually see is you know like a new box with an insert where all the things go inside this is literally just a case where the individual boxes slide into and fit alongside an extra box to hold like the game mat and stuff like that uh which i don't know it's to me is sort of disappointing but i they i think worked pretty hard to make these cool magnetic boxes and also the boxes are literally the board so <laughs> you 
it kind of makes sense that they did that. And I will also give them credit when you open the box, they have a new section in there that looks like an old VCR and it looks like you have a VCR with VHS tapes underneath it. It's very mm-hmm. retro and cool looking. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited for more, uh, more final girl. I love all the concepts of this. I, I it's, it's the one I've been waiting for the one I want to try. Yeah. The alien one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you, I mean, do you think you, I mean, I assume you'd just play mine, but <laughs> does any part of you feel like, yeah, maybe I'll just get the, the alien one. Um, I, I, I won't, I would, if it wasn't, I know you were getting them all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause we're, 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 we're also at the point where it's like, you know, when you have enough games where like, if so, you know, someone else is going to get it and you don't, and as long as you trust them, like you're not going to think they're going to ruin the game somehow. I can't even think of a scenario for this. It's like, yeah, I'll just play it theirs. Yeah. I will say these are, um, at least season one has been kind of hard to come by. They're doing a reprint of it here, but for people who didn't get the chance to play it, this is a time you're going to want to jump on. Right. And, uh, let's not forget Jonathan, you, this is uh, just, this made a top 10. Of for us, yeah, yeah, it was just to remind the, everyone. The initial game was in my top ten list for the end of the year, so I really, really enjoyed it. If you like, if you like solo games, or if you haven't tried them, this might be one that you want to uh, give a shot, especially if you like the this theme, this kind of horror stuff. Uh, it's pretty neat looking. I don't know personally. The only thing is, I'm feeling like, what are they going to do a series three? Like, I already feel like there's so much that's that's good and the, the boxes already take up so much space my, i'm, I'm I mean, reaching my threshold they, of collection you, you already. said <laughs> they the new box holds them all there are two boxes one for two each box. series so they could easily do a series three box i mean and it's been very my, successful so i would imagine right. they want to but my guess would be just from hostage negotiator that and first of all because i remember when you you told me all of series one you remember i, I remember being like oh no no alien like it's I I'm trying to think now. I feel like they hit a lot more of the tropes, yeah. You know that I'm they sure need. they could find something, but like my guess would be less of if there a series three would not just be a series three, it would be more of like you know hostage negotiator campaign, mm, you yeah. know something that's less of um new characters and rules and more of gameplay change something that uh, at least I. Uh, would be more worth your while i guess if you're more worried of just adding more for the sake of adding more yeah they did do a good job i like hostage negotiator has an end you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like this is it this is everything we're finished now and then they did this final final yeah and then yeah and maybe they'll (laughs) maybe after final girl they'll evolve the system again in some way Uh, final girl legacy that's right i don't want that uh anyway you can do uh you can get one of these for 20 bucks or you can uh, get uh, all of them, I think, for 90 bucks, or you can spend more for the boxes and all that stuff. So that's Final Girl Series 2. What else uh, was were you looking at on Kickstarter this week? Uh, another one I looked at that was looked interesting to me, at least, was uh, Soria. Mostly because it's the it really focused more on the, the bad stuff of building the dino park instead of actually building the dino park, as much as I love that. Uh, the idea is a volcano has exploded. Dinosaurs have been released and you are going to try. Well, you're going to try to survive, obviously, but you're also trying to you. You're going to have secret goals, which totally makes sense, especially if you've ever played, you know, uh, yeah, not played. Wow. Watch Jurassic Park 
plenty of people have their own motives and objectives in mind outside of just living. <laughs> so I like that idea of bringing the survival aspect more into it than the park. I think it works pretty well with the hidden role stuff, especially, and it's not just zombies. And I, I guess it's not traitor per se, but it's something that I think adds a bit more fun because once again, it's the hidden goal. So you'd never know everyone's objective without just being simply, are you with or against me? Yeah. Yeah. I always think that's interesting. So uh, it was a curious, though. I, I will say that when I looked at it, I was like, this or my, isn't there another game? Where you're trying to, because uh, uh, it seems to be the volcanoes, the really thing that's pushing the game. Like at the end of the game, it seems like most, at least from what I looked at, like most of the island would be covered in lava. Okay. You know, it's not you outrunning every dinosaur to the end. And like, and I was like, oh yeah, survive. I don't know if you remember that game, Jonathan. Survive Escape from Atlantis. Oh, they, yeah. They had different versions of it, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, is this, it's like, I'm like, oh, is it like this now? Because I don't have to worry about multiple people. It's just me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has a solo mode, so you could really just worry about you. Oh, yeah. Uh, the game itself, though, it is on the higher end, or at least what I would call the higher end, of $69. Uh, for something that does not have a lot of minis, but it yeah, does have a lot of standees it's all and stuff. Standees, yeah. Which I still do like because then I don't have to worry, feel bad about a bunch of gray pieces on the board because I can't paint. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, well, that's Soria, the Dinosaur Park survival game. Oh, I'm actually sorry. There are minis. They're add-ons. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But it looks like not for everything, or maybe... Uh, maybe it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. They just, I, I no, it's just Apex. So I guess just the bigger guys. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hey, speaking of minis, how about you see Marvel Zombies? Of course I saw Marvel Zombies. Got to talk about Marvel Zombies from Simon, which has over two and a half million dollars. That's their new Zombicide game themed around the Marvel Zombies storyline where there's Marvel zombies. <laughs> so you're fighting off zombies, but this time you're playing as Spider-Man and Wolverine and whoever. Uh, if, you know, for whatever reason, I, I guess I think part of it is just because we were late to the party and part of it is just because these kinds of minis filled games don't always appeal to me. The Zombicide series has never, I've never really been dying to dig into it. We've never actually tried it out before. I do I do think the idea of a Marvel Zombies board game is good and could be fun. So I do think this looks kind of neat, but it, but it's not, it's just not my thing. Just, I, you know, you know how it is. I, I see the minis. I just don't want to do it, <laughs> but, but uh, it does look kind of cool. I like looking at the pretty pictures of it. <laughs> um, I mean, it, I'm sure, I mean, it's already made 2 million, but that giant Galactus. Yeah. I'm just, it's that's, just, um, pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big Galactus. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Is there anything that you you've never tried a Zombicide, right? I've never played Zombicide, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, "Come on, Will. Nah, how could you have not?" I, I feel like the people who like it like it, and nobody really cares <laughs> anymore. But of course, this is a Simon play uh, Kickstarter, so that means the base pledge is 130 dollars. And it's 240 if you want uh, the hero mode as well. 
which I don't even, I didn't look enough to even know. I guess it's just another core it, box. From what I clicked, oh, yeah. looked through, it looked like it was just like the people who are, you can get both zombie and hero versions of characters. So if you wanted to play zombie, um, like Miss Marvel, or you wanted mm. regular Iron Man to fight against, you know. I see. Hmm. Got which it. to me makes sense because I, I remember when they first announced this and stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is, oh, Spider-Man's an enemy. I mm. I would expect they would have gone with him as a as one of the ones you play as, <laughs> considering I think he's actually plays a major role in the, as a as a zombie in the zombie verse one uh, comics. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a whole X-Men set too. That's separate. I mean, that makes sense. It's X-Men have so many characters they can they can ease always fill an expansion. So anything else you want to touch on? Um, I mean, there's there's quick one. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, Viscounts, more mm -hmm. more stuff, including a box to hold everything for your West Kingdom stuff. Right, new expansions uh, for Viscounts of the yeah, the West Kingdom. Obviously, also I, I assume this is the one you were about to say, but the Dice Tower. No, I didn't. I don't actually didn't actually see a Dice Tower one. Yeah, there is a uh, there annual. Is that the right word? Supporting Dice Tower Kickstarter. Oh, okay. With of course uh, a bunch of different things and promos add on, and it has a dinosaur theme. Pretty cool. <laughs> Who doesn't love that? Uh, the one I was actually going to talk about was uh, Skate Summer, the new Pandasaurus. Oh, right. Wow. How did I? <laughs> but uh, the only the only reason I I was like oh, maybe we won't talk about it as much this week is because next week we're going to have someone from Pandasaurus on the show. So I imagine. Mm. Well, we can dive into it because it'll still be up next week. So stay tuned. Yeah, but but you know, it's a, we talked about it in our big 2022 preview. It's a skateboarding game. It looks that looks pretty fun. I I think I think it looks really fun. Uh, all right, so there's some Kickstarter picks for you. We'll have links in the uh, description as always. The show notes you can go check that out. Uh, let's talk about briefly some of the things that maybe at least one of us has been playing. Table talk. Now, you'd think being gone a whole week, we'd have a whole bunch of things for you. But sadly, I, and even this week, really busy with a whole lot of other stuff. So really, Jonathan, it's, it's all on you. It's all on me. And I just had one measly little game night to talk about some things. But that's fine, because this week was so full of other stuff. So... What I got to play was actually in preparation for a couple of reviews that I'll be talking about in depth later on our YouTube channel for some expansions. The first one is for Lost Ruins of Arnak, the Expedition Leaders expansion, which if people don't know, Lost Ruins of Arnak is a worker placement deck building game uh, wherein you are all exploring ancient ruins and trying to find lost civilizations and uh, score victory points and you're you're buying cards and you're also placing your little workers on the different spaces that you can discover new things and fight off beasts it's a whole thing from Czech games uh, it was it's good I really like this game and the new expansion adds individual player roles is really the primary thing that it gives you so in the original game, Everybody had the same stuff to work with. Everybody had two, I don't remember if they called them explorers or archaeologists, but you had two little workers and that that was it. And you had the same starting deck of cards as well. And everybody was on the same playing field. In this one, there are now six, I believe, different 
uh, characters that you can play as, and each one has their own set of start starting cards that are totally unique, as well as their own board, and uh, most of them have additional tokens or pieces that they do different things with. So in the game, actually, I, did, I played a little bit solo, and I played with a group as well. Which, by the way, I think it was the I think we've only ever played the game with each other. So it was my first time playing with I played with three players and not with you. So <laughs> it's always fun. You know, a year uh, later. Was it better? Uh, yes, it was much better. Uh, but, but but anyway, so we, we all picked these different roles for, uh, for them. It was their first time playing. So, you know, they had to learn a little bit extra about their characters, but I don't think it was too bad. Nothing else in there. It really adds new rules. There are some new icons and things. Uh, of course, the one player in our group picked the most complicated character that there is, um, which which is the mystic. And one of the things in the base game, there are fear cards, which are essentially your the things that clog your deck up. That uh, they are they make you lose a victory point at the end of the game. They have no abilities, so they're bad. The new character, the Mystic, actually uses fear cards. If they can get rid of them, they can cast spells that give them different actions and things. So that's one example. I played as a much simpler character, the Falconer. The Falconer has an eagle token, which, by the way, I don't. I was confused. I guess Falconer is just a generic catch-all term. There's not an eagler. You're a Falconer, but you have an eagle. I didn't know there were eagles that were tameable. Well, this Falconer has an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I can tell you. Uh, and well, you haven't, I guess you haven't watched uh, the Peacemaker show because <laughs> he's, he's got an eagle. It's pretty tameable. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 I guess I mean real. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, you meant reality. I see. <laughs> I see. Uh, well, yes, thus this Falconer has an eagle. And the way it works is your eagle moves forward on a track. And each turn, um, you also can make it move forward through cards and other means and the further it moves you'll have access to different abilities that you can use and when you use them your eagle then moves to back to the front of the track so you have like your own little mini game going on with that there's a couple of characters who focus on getting more items or more um, artifacts the two different card types that are available so everybody has their own unique thing going on and there's also a new board overlay so there's two new temples that you can progress up uh, as well, which are which are pretty different and add new things to it. And I really, really like the expansion. I, it's, as I said, it has six characters, but it's still just for up to four players because I think this game would just not be feasible <laughs> with more than that. It would take too long, probably. And I definitely am feeling like I wouldn't really want to play this game without uh, including these the individual powers. To me, this is the kind of thing that I really like. I, I played with a couple different ones and I enjoyed what I saw and that they seem to add a lot to the experience overall. I know I, I don't think it's not like you hated the game or anything. Will I know you didn't like it as I didn't much love it as, as much as other people, but um, I, and I don't think that this will fundamentally change anything. I'm, I'm still excited to try it. Yeah. I think I do think you will, you would enjoy the game more because I do think it's fun having your own little mini game to, to check out while you play but yeah the the core experience is still pretty much the same the same thing uh, my other big problem right now is you know e-raptor makes board game inserts and they oh. <laughs> they, they sent us uh, a great insert that we talked about in a video i did i talked about in a video uh for lost ruins of arnak and now there's an expansion 
And if you don't have an insert, this expansion will fit in this box, no problem. There's plenty of space. Uh, it's a small box. If you do have an insert, it's tougher. Uh, and normally I might be inclined to just get rid of the insert, but this is one of those kinds of inserts where all the pieces are individual. So one of the best things about it is for all the resources, I don't need to go digging through baggies and spilling things out. I just pick up the tray and put it on the board. It's so convenient and nice. So I really don't want to get rid of that. So right now I have it where I, the box closes. It does close, but uh, there's, you know, there's some lid lift. It's like, it's like half an inch or so, maybe a quarter of an inch above. Honestly, I have plenty of games that have lid lift because they just do. Like there's nothing I can do about it. And that's me removing everything from there outside <laughs> of game pieces. So like yeah. to have still a solid insert and expansion and just a little bit of lid lift. As long as it fits on the shelf where you want it to, I, I still think yeah, 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 it's past the test. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with it. I, I was thinking of removing the older player boards from the box, but oh, that's, you know, it's always hard sometimes. I mean, unless if you don't use the expansion, you have to use those older player boards or something. It's um, It's kind of like recommended that you do. The, remove them or recommend the, you play with the older ones the thing is that the the newer because the new characters basically are more powerful they also made the new board a little bit harder to compensate mm, okay never mind that i thought i'm thinking more like sometimes when they make replacements or things and i'm like i guess i could get rid of those but yeah it's it's tough because i do think I probably won't go back to those. You also do use um, one of those for solo mode, which is another thing, but mm. anyway, so I'm probably going to stick with it, but that's lost ruins of Arnak. Uh, stay tuned for my review. I'll go more in depth on all the new stuff that's in there. And also played a uh, little Marvel legendary. Of course, this one, this one, just me by myself did a game night. We played one game. <laughs> this was the, that was the only game we got through was Arnak. Um, but I did my own legendary plays with the latest expansion. Not anymore, because they have a new one that just drops today, this week. Uh, but the last one was Annihilation, which features the return of the Fantastic Four, plus a whole bunch of other new Fantastic Four-related enemies and heroes. And also brings back the focus keyword, which we really liked, which allows you to spend your recruit points for other things other than just buying new cards. Honestly, like nine times out of 10, if you just, we brought back keyword, I'm like, yay. <laughs> that's what I think that's, uh, you know, upper, upper deck the last, honestly, the last two years, I think mm -hmm. for a long time, they've, they've, they realized like, look, we can only come up with so many. <laughs> and, and there's no reason to, because it allows for more mixing and matching that to feel viable. Yeah. And of course, you know, like, I mean, we brought this down a hundred times over and over, but like, you know, we've seen focus, for example, but have you seen a focus wall crawl or, right? you know, whatever other keywords? So, yeah, I, most of their new expansions are like two or three returning keywords and maybe one brand new one. Or they'll do like a, like you said, like a spin on it. Like, like in this one, for instance, there's a new hero that is focused, but for attack points instead mm. of recruit points. So exactly. same, same concept, but oh, it feels different. So, so it's cool in that way. And the enemies in this one are the big masterminds are um, Annihilus and Kang. So big, a lot of Kang going around these days between uh, Loki and Marvel Champions. We got all the Kangs infecting all the different universes. 
I guess, is that a spoiler anymore? I don't know. Nobody, if you know, you know, if you don't, then you don't know what I'm even talking about. <laughs> but at any, <laughs> at any rate, spoiler, he appears in a Marvel champions pack. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to spoil that, that pack for anybody <laughs> who's behind on those. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I'll go more in depth when I review this pack later on, but I didn't love this one as much as the previous set. Oh, definitely not oh. as much as fantastic four. Uh, sorry. I just, because you mentioned focus. So that's immediately where my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I, I don't think it's as strong. I don't, there's a couple heroes I really like, but there's a few that just didn't quite click with me. Who uh, are the heroes in this one again? They're like people nobody's ever heard of. It's, um, okay. it, it's like, it's like, um, uh, what's his name? Mr. Fantastic's son. Kids. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like brainstorm and psyop and super scroll and psyop in particular has all these moves that are like, look at the top card of the villain deck. If it's this kind of card, something cool happens. But the, it's not like a villain. It'll be like a master strike. And for anyone who doesn't know, there are five master strikes in the villain deck. And there, yeah, there are. I feel like he's a hero who maybe you pair him with other heroes because there are ways to maybe stack that deck a little bit. But it felt like so situational to me. Uh, to me, that's not that fun to just like hope something's on top of a deck if you don't have so, a way to manipulate it. Yeah, I was going to say, does he include cards? That was giving you my question. There, there are a couple ways to do it, but it's not a really consistent thing, at least from when I played with them. I didn't find it to so be. So it sounds like, and I mean, this goes again to maybe with the keyword thing. There are certain heroes I feel, inevitably this will happen every now and then, because when you make so many, but it is disappointing when there are certain heroes that feels like they, you need to um, build a support team. Yeah. Like you can't just, oh, I'm going to mix and match. He sounds like the ones who are like, you need to find all the heroes. Because I think there are some heroes who mess with the villain stack. I'm sure. And he, he has like a couple ways to do it, but they're not. Yeah, they're a couple. But when you shuffle five, four or five hero groups together, a couple doesn't cover <laughs> it usually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one. Unless, I'll... I guess if you're not solo because everyone buys enough. But yeah, that, at least that's my opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I didn't love him, but you know, still Marvel Legendary, still fun. I, I love they have a Fantastic Four group in this one, which is all of the Fantastic Four. So I do love that just from a thematic perspective. That didn't you, we see a group before? Or am I making a group before? Like a group, like they've done. It this isn't the first time they've been like, all right, it's like all of the well, Avengers, Peter Parker's allies from Spider-Man Homecoming. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but you know, you, before, if you want to play with Fantastic Four, that was your whole set. But now it's like Fantastic Four can actually team up with some X-Men or something. So I think that's fun. Uh, and uh, there's also another card in here that is, if you get it and do some stuff, you can uh, win the game alone <laughs> before the game is over. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Which, uh, and there's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. How hard is it? Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just tell you, I'll explain what sure. it is. So it's, um, it's called weaponized. Gal no, that's a, that's an enemy. It's, I think it's called Galactus hungers or something like that. It costs, it costs 10, I believe. So it's, it's like the big card of the set. Mm -hmm. And the way it works is when, when you play it on your turn, you destroy one of the city spaces. So one of the spaces on the map no longer exists. And if you destroy all of them, so if you manage to play it that five or six times, you win the game. 
However, in this set, there's a mastermind and some enemies who destroy city spaces. And I was no, like I was gonna say, I know there are scenarios that do that. So it might not and be as can... hard as you think. And the other great thing, one of this... I think there was one of the masterminds was like you're replaying World War II, and depending on what country you're in, it's like like yeah. this country only has two spaces. Yeah, you could just like, all right, we're going to Poland. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, the schemes. Uh, but yeah, there's also another card in this set from this hero that specifically says, look for this card, whether it be in your deck, discard pile, or the hero stack. And put it on top of your deck. <laughs> so huh. it, it lets you find this card easier and faster and play it more. <laughs> so it's one you don't want to throw in there unless you're ready for the possibility of that happening. But funny, I thought. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, out right now. And then the the next one, the Messiah Complex, is also out right now. So no shortage of legendary stuff to talk about. Um. But sadly, that's all the that's all the games that we got to play. Now we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. But you know what? Surprise! Real fast, I do have one board game game. You fool! That's right. I didn't think that I was gonna do it, but you know what? Something came up. Have you heard about this Wordle? I've been seeing some things on Twitter about it. I'm like, I I don't know what this is, and I. <laughs> I'm just not going to deal with it. So Wordle is a daily word game uh, online. I'm sure people know about it. It's sort of like Mastermind where you have to guess the right positions and it tells you if which if they were correct and if they were in the right spot. Only it's with words. So you type in a five-letter word and uh, it will uh, like say, oh, the A was in the right spot. The other letters aren't in there. So now you guess again with that knowledge and you get like six guesses. Well, this game really is nothing like Wordle at all, but uh, someone else, not me, put together a new website with sort of their kind of take on this from the board game perspective. I thought maybe it'd be fun for us to give it a shot. I'll tell you how it works. It's called Guess the Board Game, and it's uh, you can find it. We'll put a link in the show notes. And essentially, we have three guesses. They have Every day, they have a different board game that you have to guess what it is. And if you correctly guess it, you get a certain amount of points. Now, at the start, you know nothing, but there are various categories, I, I believe, taken from Board Game Geek, that you can choose to reveal as clues. And some of them are worth or are, are take more points up. So, for instance, you can ask them to reveal the designer, and that one costs 20 points. Or you can ask them to reveal just a description of the game, which is 120 points. And that so the more clues you uncover, the better, the worse your score will be. So you're trying to guess the game by revealing the fewest amount of clues. And you can do anything, designer, publisher, year, artist, player count, playing time. You can get the first letter of the game. You can get its rank on Board Game Geek, or you can get the mechanisms or categories. So I don't know. I thought maybe this will probably be pretty quick. I, I tried this. They had one the other day. It was Wingspan. Uh, and I got it in, I think I, I did designer first and I was, and it was Elizabeth Hargrave and I was like, okay, so there's three options. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a uh, publisher and a Stonemeyer, So I knew it was wingspan, but what, what do you, what do you think? How should we, we'll just try this one. How should we narrow well, it down? Uh, I feel do we, like uh, we so don't have any information. We have zero information. I'll tell you that the, the description is really the one that's like, I feel like if you click that, you're just going to get it. That's why it well, yeah, costs yeah. so many points. 
the designer, publisher, year artist, all those are pretty much equivalent. So I think those are all like decent. Well, publisher would be where I go first because I'm since I'm bad with names, a designer is not at least for me a good enough clue. I think publisher is good, but you're you're never gonna. I feel like you're never gonna get it from just the publisher. Well, you could fair try. enough. By the way, you get it. You get rewarded more if you get it on your first guess or second guess. But here, I'll click the publisher. Uh, oh, we're not even given a number of letters or anything. Nothing. You have nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's you got to mm -hmm. click something, or you'd be very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm revealing the publisher. The publisher is Libelu, L I B E L L U D. The first, my first thought is Dixit. Uh, this is the publisher. They have like that little rainbow. Is it a butterfly or something? I make sure. I want to make sure. Is the icon. Uh, it is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, don't go, don't go looking at their whole catalog here. I'm but. not looking at the catalog. I just want to find a, a, a freaking like logo. That's all I'm asking for. They did like uh, Mysterium, I believe. Dixit. They're they're a uh, Asmodee owned owned company. Honestly, my guess is Dixit because I think they're. going I mean, to do a that, if it is game. the one I'm thinking of, yeah, that would be. Now we could try. I could try Dixit and just just see if we can see if we get it, or we could try another clue. I mean, is there? We get more than one guess, right? Yes, you do get more points if you get it on the first guess. Then you get a two point yeah, five. Yeah, I, I would say yeah, Dix. Then I would definitely say like that seems just to be go the for easy. It? Yeah, I mean, why not, right? <laughs> Let's go for it. I'm entering Dixit. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would be quick. We got a thousand points for that. So I guess we could have, would have got a thousand and twenty is the max. If we, if we, if we like, if you just, hmm, <laughs> it's a board game. You know, what? I'm feeling Dixit. Yeah. I got to say, had we clicked on the designer, that would have helped me none at all. Jean-Louis Rubira. I would not, usually that helps me. I do not know that name at all. Uh, <laughs> First letter, would we been like a, a Dungeon and Dragon? Right. <laughs> yeah, artist would have given it to me because I do know uh, Marie Car. I don't know how to say her name, Carduat, as the artist of Dixit. But I, I usually would think not think to click artist. It's like artist is either a dead giveaway or gives you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I feel wouldn't that be a designer too? Yeah, that's true. Even if it's a designer, you know, like if you get Eric Lang, like that doesn't. Like that's, I feel like both designer and publisher are usually Elizabeth Hargrave was the one who's like, okay, she has only so many games out there. I mean, even uh, this, was, whose name is also huge, right? Even this is a shot in the dark, but I just, we, I was going with the idea that they probably picked a pretty popular game. Well, I, that's why I thought I was like, well, first of all, I want to make sure that we can make multiple guesses. So we can keep having fun. But when you said wingspan was like, I'm like, I, I feel like they're probably right not they're, they're not going to choose you know now hold on give me a second some to look 18 at, uh, xx libelon just like they're not going to choose um oh is there, i forgot the made seasons attack of the jelly monster <laughs> right but i say libelu i think they're french maybe it's libelud i don't know i think it's um i think it's it's just so it cannot be understood in the human mind. That could be true. Well, whenever you're listening to this, there will be a new one of the days. So you can check out the link and try it for yourself. See how well you do. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you have a thought or a feeling or a question or a comment about board games, anything we said today or otherwise, email it to us, meeplegallery at gmail.com. You can hear more podcasts from us at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash roll for crit. Join us in the discord there as well. 
Uh, or you can rate and review us on iTunes or whatever. We like to hear from you, however you can reach out. And I hope you, hope you like the show. And, and thank you for uh, staying with us. And now that we've had a little bit of break, there, of course, will be more fun things and more guests returning. That's right. So stay tuned for all of that. I'm Jonathan. I'm Will. And it's Roll for Crit. <laughs>